You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great, Dave. It's Friday, sun is shining, talking about Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin. Everybody likes to talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. So the big the big question that we're hoping to answer today is, is Bitcoin an investment? And before we can answer that, I guess we got to first figure out what is Bitcoin or more importantly, what is a cryptocurrency, which is Bitcoin yeah. is one of many cryptocurrencies. So let's start there. So a cryptocurrency is a, um, well, I have trouble even calling it a currency. But that, that's right. a different topic. <laughs> so they've been around. Aging yourself. Yeah, I, I, right. <laughs> it's, a crypto cryptocurrencies have been around since 2008. They're meant to be a means of facilitating transactions online between two people. The whole the whole you know history behind them is essentially they were a way to disrupt the banking industry, right? Right. So right. they, you know, a group of a group of techies, if you will, decided that they didn't like the way that the banking industry was being run. They didn't like the fact that the banks had all the power and control over a lot of those things. And so they decided that why not have a, a digital currency, if you will. Right, right. And uh, so it's kind of a, a active rebellion in a way. Right. And uh, which is interesting. Uh, I was really surprised when we were looking up uh, statistics for this, that there are actually 6,700 cryptocurrencies out there, at least as of January of 2021. Yeah, Mind blowing. You know, there's a, there's a couple popular ones that everybody's heard of. Bitcoin, probably the most mm-hmm. prominent one that people have heard of. My favorite story is Dogecoin because it was right. basically created as a joke, and now is is at least from the from the price that you would have to pay is considered very very valuable cryptocurrency. Yeah. Right, and so so how do these things fit in the world of finance? You know, uh, are they an investment? Are they a currency? What what do you what do we, how do we how do we look at these things? It's definitely interesting. And it's something that, you know, we're having more and more conversations around. And it, it's, a, it's a tough one. And we're, and we're going to tackle some of the, the pros and cons of whether or not this should be something you consider investment. But it's similar to one of the earlier podcasts that we had on investing into new industries as well. Right. Same kind of thought process behind you know, this is a new and interesting thing. And you hear stories of people making immense amount of money, a great return on these things, but that doesn't necessarily make it an investment per se. Right, right. So yeah, the uh, I think there's a, there's a dichotomy between Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the technology behind it. And the technology behind it is blockchain technology, which... I can get in my over my head really quick trying to talk about blockchain, but the little bit I know of it makes me think it is probably a truly revolutionary technology that, you know, 10 years from now will probably be akin to the computer revolution of the late 70s, early 80s. 
And then we'll be looking at it, back on it, saying, hey, remember when we used to use blockchain for digital currency? Man. Right, right. That was silly. What were those guys thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But, uh, you know, so so blockchain blockchain is a technology. It's basically like having a huge database spread over hundreds and thousands of different computers to that supposedly is incredibly hard to hack and, and very difficult to um, tamper with. Which is what makes it, which is what brings about the idea of, of it being a viable technology for currencies. The blockchain technology, I think, like you said, is, is going to be revolutionary. Um, you know, whether or not cryptocurrencies as a part of that technology take off is yet to kind of be seen. What we have seen is a lot of speculation on whether or not they will take off and become more prominent. And I think... Right. You know, when you think about, at least from what I know about blockchain and cryptocurrency and, and kind of what's happening in the in the banking world is it's a, you know, right now it doesn't function very well in terms of in the digital world. Um, there's a lag between moving money around and it's, you know, kind of old school and how that stuff gets done through the um, automated clearinghouse and the, and the timing of that. And, and this really should theoretically revolutionize and speed up a lot of that process as well. Right. That's kind of some of the excitement from the financial implications behind the technology itself. But, you know, how do we look at a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin as part of a portfolio? And, you know, it's it's one of those situations where it's neither fish nor fowl. It doesn't it doesn't fit as, you know, as in any of the traditional categories that we use to think about portfolio structure. And, you know, which include like you can't even group it in with foreign currencies. You know, there, there are investment strategies that have a lot of merit where um, you're buying one currency versus another as part of a, a hedge against how the dollar does. And when we think about cryptocurrency in terms of I think we have to think about what is a currency. And, you know, the number one thing is it's got to be a universally accepted medium of exchange, right? I have to count on if I'm going to do my trading in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or Dave Bucks or whatever I want to make up, I've got to assume that you, Nick Nada, on the other side of our transaction, if I'm going to, if, if you're going to buy something from me and I'm going to accept what you're paying me in, you know, that has to, that has to be kind of universally recognized. And we're not really there with, with any of these cryptocurrencies. The other thing, and, and, and maybe part of what, what brings them to everybody's attention is the price volatility, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if, I, if I'm doing transactions in a dollar, I can be fairly certain that the dollar you pay me for an Apple today will buy me a dollar's worth of stuff approximately tomorrow, right? Right. And we'll look at a chart of Bitcoin here in a second, but, you know, there are times when Bitcoin would have bought you a... Uh, pair of high-end designer shoes and times when it would have not bought the shoe box. Right. You know, and, and you never know from day to day what that might be. You know, when you think about it in terms of an investment, and we say this about all kinds of, of investments, really, and that is anytime you hear stories about people who are making tons of money, that means they're taking on tons of risks to do it, especially over a short period of time. So that relationship between the return and what you are actually, you know, the return that you receive and the risk that you're taking, that's something that is always high 
high risk, high return or high potential return, right? And so right. anytime you have a high return, like we're seeing um, if you're joining us on our YouTube uh, page, you'll see some of these charts we have up here. But right. if you, you know, if you're getting the types of returns that we've seen in Bitcoin since 2014, it's because you're taking on a ton of risk in order to do right. that. That's the only way that right. relationship works. It, and in that sense, it's no different than buying um, a small company in a new industry, like we talked about a couple right. weeks ago, and you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. It could be a home run and it could be a complete strikeout. You just don't know. You know, so so if it's going to be a currency, it's got to be universally accepted. It's got to have a somewhat stable price. And there has to be something backing it, right? The United States dollar is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States Treasury and the taxing power that goes with it. And if you think about what's backing Bitcoin, it's really just a bunch of other people who think Bitcoin's cool, right? And you know, and, and that kind of goes back to the GameStop conversation that we had. Why is GameStop so expensive? Because a bunch of people bought it and drove the price up. And right now that's the same with Bitcoin. A bunch of people bought it and drove the price up, but there's really no, there's no value underlying it necessarily, except the hope that it will catch on as the universal world currency at some point. Right. And, and the issue that that brings up is a lack of regulation, right? And there's no oversight by governments or central banks. Yes. And so if there's no regulation on it, you know, who's to say they don't change the formula or, you know, there, there's lots of different potential ways that, yeah. that could be harmful for the price. Hence the return, hence the risk. Well, and the other part of regulatory risk is, you know, federal governments around the world count on their ability to control their economies vis-a-vis -vis their, their currency. And they're pretty jealous of that, you know? So if, if Bitcoin start or, you know, any cryptocurrency starts infringing on that, look out, uh, you know, in terms of how transactions are treated and the legality of them. Um, back to that universally, universal acceptance that could be that could be make for some really interesting regulatory situations anyway where all and then so what happens to the value of a cryptocurrency that everybody thought was going to be the next big you know medium of exchange and all of a sudden it can't for regulatory reasons all of a sudden right. no one wants it right and just like yeah. anything else right sorry yeah the no, price I, I, of supply and demand right yeah, exactly. And I was just going to say, we've seen some of that more recently with some of the potential tax law changes and how, you know, trading is going to be taxed on Bitcoin and other digital assets because it hasn't really, um, it hasn't really been addressed. And as that starts to get addressed, you know, some people are shying away from it. And now that the IRS is catching on to what's happening and the amount of wealth that's being made trading. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, uh, we look at the returns of Bitcoin over the last few years, and it's been pretty positive. In 2017, it was ridiculously positive. Uh, it was up like 1,557%, according to a chart that I've got here. Um, and in 2020, it was up 290%. I mean, that's, that's crazy. But 2018, it was down 82% from that high. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty wild ride. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it's a speculative thing. 
Um, yeah, you know, and I think that's the key word, speculative. And, and this is not to, you know, sound like a couple of old guys telling you, well, the new way of doing things isn't the right way to do it. Um, right. It's more a couple of old guys telling you, think twice about, you know, how much of your portfolio, if you do want to own some Bitcoin, for whatever reason, um, just like I would tell you if you wanted to go play um, the casino or right. sports. Buy a lottery bet, ticket. Um, yeah. Buy a lottery ticket or invest in a, in a cannabis company like we've talked right. about before. These are things that we don't necessarily want. Or we're not telling you not to do them. We're telling you not to do them with a significant portion of your investment <sighs> right. portfolio and to do them more as a, hey, this is fun and cool and I can text my yeah. group text about how much Bitcoin I own and less right. about how this is a long-term strategy for generating wealth and right. or, or has any part to play in terms of your overall investment portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would go a step further than saying it's a small part. I would say it's really not part of your investment portfolio. Right. It's not really an investment from the standpoint of having some value that we can build expectations around. Um, but you know, we all have, we all have those conversations with clients that like to, um, like to play the lottery, like to go to the casino like to buy individual small company stocks every now and then, you know, you just can't, you can do it for fun, but don't do it. Don't do it thinking this is an easy way to riches just because it was one time or two times over the last few years has absolutely no bearing on what it's going to do next year. Right. You know? Absolutely. Uh, stealing from our friends at Vanguard, um, you know, they, they list five, what they see is the five big investment risks to cryptocurrencies. And I think this is a pretty good summary. You know, the, the first big risk being volatility. We've talked about that. You can be up a thousand percent one year and then down, you know, all of that the next. Liquidity risk. You know, there are issues with being able to get in and out of these quickly based on the way the uh, transactions work. Lack of regulation. You know, they're not overseen by any government or central bank. And so, you know, all those folks running those Bitcoin mining machines could decide to change the rules on you. And there's not much you can do about it. There's no central market for pricing. So in, included with the volatility is the fact that the pricing can vary from source to source, too. And, you know, we see that a little bit with real currencies. If you've ever traveled abroad, you'll see like one one bank may exchange your dollars into euros at one, you know, 1.2 while one's at 1.23. But we're talking like marginal differences, right? Right. But with with cryptocurrencies, since there's no rules and there's no central bank in charge of it, it can be uh it can be quite the uh quite the variable. And the last kind of broad risk category number five being cybersecurity risks, right? You know, we saw that with Bitcoin a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2018 when they had the major hacking incident and a bunch of people just were locked out of their Bitcoin collections. Right. <laughs> Accounts, yeah. Whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't uh, hide your digital currency under your mattress. Right. Right. I like to <laughs> there's think there's no. You, Go ahead. You, I, I like to think, you know, that remember Super Mario with the coins? And oh, those yeah. blocks with the question marks on them. I like to right. think that there's big blocks with question marks <laughs> on them that are full of those gold coins from Mario Brothers from back like when we were in high school or whenever that was. Uh, I like it. 
Yeah. And then, you know, and then there was that story, um, I think it was a month or two ago, I heard about the guy who just plain lost his password to his, right. yeah. his millions of dollars of Bitcoin. And, you know, I mean, if you lock yourself out of your uh, credit union account online, there's probably going to be somebody that can help you figure that out, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and that, I think that's the point. The difference is, yes, everything is digital right now, but there's a lot of security backup yeah. for your investment accounts, for your bank yeah. accounts, where the cybersecurity risks really are falling on the banks and the financial institutions. If something bad were to happen to your account, they're usually responsible or making you whole. And in the digital cryptocurrency world, that's not the case. Right. So, you know, as with anything that we talk about, just beware of the risks, keep it in perspective. Um, if a client, the bottom line is if a client comes to me and says, hey, I want to buy Bitcoin, my response is going to be, okay, that comes out of the fun money part of your budget. You let me worry about this stuff. If you do so well in CryptoCoin that we don't need to worry about this, great. I'll be, yeah. I'll be as happy as you are, but right. you know, I, I'm your, <laughs> we're your hedge, <laughs> your hedge against, <laughs> yeah. uh, against that not working out. And uh and again, you know, I will not be surprised if 10 years from now, blockchain is an important part and cryptocurrencies may be an important part of what we do. China is working on um, a essentially a state-run cryptocurrency right now. So sure. you know, that, could, that could change the way all of this works. But it's not going to be Bitcoin that wins in that situation. It's going to be whatever digital yuan the Chinese government right. has created. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, with 6,700 of them out there, whatever it is right now, yeah. um, who knows? Who, there's no telling who the winner is going to be, but I can guarantee right. you that all 6,700 of them probably aren't going to be no. functioning currencies in the future. No, and I doubt the Chinese government likes competition. So Not, not, not from what I can tell. <laughs> so, so, okay, you know, yeah. again, I, I don't know what else, uh, what else there is to say about it. No, I think, I think this was good, you know, um, definitely proceed with caution on any of this stuff. Um, we'll put the Vanguard piece in the show notes if you're interested in taking a look at their explanation and reasoning. Um, and as always, if you have questions on this or other financial topics, feel free to reach out. Great. All right. Thank you, Nick. Always a pleasure. Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.